our dear pastor, Florin. Amen. Amen. We took our main text from Psalm 100, verses 3. We talked about, the, the Bible says that, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastures. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and not ourselves. I think that really echoes a very place that we should always caution ourselves in this journey of life. We did not make ourselves, but someone made us. I did not make myself, but I was made not just out of nothing, but I was made in the image and the likeness of the one true God. So when we are speaking of created to praise, then it means that we, the people of God, who have been saved by grace, need to truly come to understand that I am created to praise. You see, you can't understand what praise is all about if you yourself, you don't understand that you are being created to do that very particular thing. If you don't recognize that you have been created for a certain purpose, then you never value what you are off to do. Can I say that again? You see, brief history of humanity tells us a president called President Obama at a very young age, even whilst he was in college, was preparing himself to one day hold a higher office. So in the process of life, he was consistently understanding how to serve and work with people. Hallelujah. So if we want to be praises, then we need to first understand that we have been created to praise. So two definitions I gave last week. One was the act of praise is the act and the expression of gratitude and acknowledgement unto your creator. Amen. It is the act and the expression of of gratitude, of knowing and acknowledging your what? Your creator. If you are taking notes, this will help you. Hmm? The second point is that it is the act of confession that one makes as evidence to their life in Christ. Now, that is, that is where I want to hit on a little bit. Because the first portion is the act and the expression of gratitude. And for most of us, it is really the expression when we come to church every Sunday, when we are praising and worshiping God, the things that we do. So when I lift up my hands into the, in, 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 into the heavens, I am praising God. When the song and the music is playing, I am praising God. 
It is praise. And some of us, we have formed our identity of our Christianity in that very place. That is why our praise and our worship is only isolated when we go to church. Am I saying something here to the church? But the second definition says it is the act of confession that one makes as evident of their life in Christ or in their creator. The evident, the way people know that I am a child of God and I'm being created to praise is because of the evident that I show. Am I teaching something here to a church? Yeah, so, so, so I made point of, before I got into the deep portion of it, I said three things. But the first thing I said, I said, it is of the greatest importance that every created thing knows its work, creator. Everything needs to know what its work, creator. Why this is essential is because if you want to be able to confess and demonstrate Confession is affirming or saying that I am assured that this is my God and my life is in him. If you want to live that life, then you need to understand who your creator is. Why is this essential? Let's go to the book of Daniel chapter 11. Daniel chapter 11, verses 31 and 32. It is of the greatest importance. That every created thing knows its creator. Are we there? All right. Looks like the new media team is slowing me down, but that's okay. Daniel 11, it says, verses 31, His forces will rise up and desecrate the temple, desecrate the temple fortress. This was a king that has established his throne to try to destroy the things of God. Now here, they will abolish the daily sacrifice. They will try to destroy the daily sacrifice and set up the abomination of the dissolution. Now verses 32 says, with flattery, let me look here, with flattery, he will corrupt those who act wickedly towards the what? The covenant. Now hear this. But it says, but the people who know their God, the people who know their God, maybe I'm preaching to another church in this place, the people who know their God will be strong and take action. Some translations say will be strong and do greater exploits. The people who know their God. The difference in the midst of the destruction is those who know their God. Let me go back because I said to myself, I'll stay in my zone. I've been forgetting that. But I, I'm going to try. I'm going to keep trying. Hallelujah. But the people that know their God, the destruction will come. They will come to try to abolish their daily sacrifice. They will come to try to take away their praise. They will come to take away their act of worship. But the people who know their God, 
they will be strong, but not just remain strong, but they will also take what? Action. I wish I had a witness in this house. People who are willing, not just to say, I am strong in the Lord, but I'm taking action, means that every day of my life, in the midst of what I may be going through, because I have been created to praise, there is an action. Then whenever there is an action, there is evidence. So I said that it is the act of confession, the act of our confession, that one makes as evidence to their Christ. What makes people recognize that you are truly saved by grace is the actions you take. So when we are dealing with praise, we are not just dealing with something out of the ordinary. But it's the very thing that I believe that separates you from everything else. Your praise. Huh. You see, that word, they will know, in the original language, in Hebrew, it says yada. And those who have understood a little bit in depth about these Hebrew languages, you understand when the word yada is talked about, it's really talking about the sense of even worship or praise, mainly praise. But really, the details of that understanding of the word yada is about confession. But not just any ordinary confession. But a confession of personal knowledge one has about something. So it is not based on what somebody said. Hey. But it's based on your first hand experience. What you have experienced God do. It is not a knowledge that you pick from the side and you talk about it where you have no clue what it truly means. Because sometimes we can come here and preach all right. And it, it is unfortunate that sometimes you, we, we may have our brothers and sisters, somebody leave and have no clue what we talked about. It's because they have not understood what the subject matter is concerning their life. But if you understand what the subject matter is, then you know where it's coming from. You see, you don't understand salvation unless you have known that you have once been a sinner saved by grace. So these people, what makes them strong and what gives them the ability to take action is because they know out of personal experience, out of personal journey with their God, so last week, I spoke about Shadrach, Mezak, Abednego, and their brothers. And the Bible says they told the king, Oh, king, even if our king does not, if our Lord does not come to save us, we are still now going to bow to your idol. Why? Because they had a personal relationship. You cannot understand the praise of God if there is no personal relationship. Hear me. 
Your praise will just be sound. Your praise will be based on condition. But when there is a personal relationship, know that God is your Lord. The Lord is your creator. The Lord is your banner. Then the way you praise God, I always say that when, I, I, when, when you see me going crazy for God, you may not understand, but I don't expect you to understand. But as long as I understand why I praise the way I praise, because I know what I go through, but I know who is my deliverer. I know who is on my side. When all people forsake you, when everybody forgets about you, when all people talk about you, when all people look at you wrong, and they can label you with the word shame, they can label you with all sorts of names, they can say you amount up for nothing. To those who know their God, they will be strong because they have received personal relationship, because they have a revelation about their God. They know that their God will never leave them or forsake them. They know that their God does not deal with them equally as they may be dealing with them. They know their God is merciful. Their God is faithful. Their God is gracious. Their God is loving. They know their God. So they are strong. So that's why the Bible says the righteous shall fall seven times. But they'll still rise up. Because the righteous know that their God will not leave them to dust. The righteous know this is not the end of my story. So they can sing a song. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my song. This is this is my song, my Lord. Praising, praising all the... Hey, those who know their God. You see, that is why praise is not conditioned just to church service. When you rise in the morning, praise has to meet you. When you go through your day, praise has to be with you. Praise is not conditioned based on just what you may be going through. All things could be going bad. But I still praise. Why? Because I am still here. <laughs> oh my God, you didn't get it. All things could be going bad. But I'm still here. All because I have a God. The second thing I talked about last week, I'm, I'm just expanding the word for you briefly, is that it is in the creator that the created thing obtains its full potential. It is in the creator, it is in Christ that you and I Obtain our full potential. 
For if you think that you have arrived, you have. Oh, say I have. Mm. But where you ought to be, you can only obtain it if you find yourself in the curator. If you can see your life beyond just you, but see your life in him. That's what I love the Bible study. The mirror. Mm -hmm. The mirror. Go to John chapter 1. Verses 10. I hope this is blessing you. John chapter 1 verses 10 to 13. I say it is in the creator that the creator thing obtains its full potential. And he says, he was in the world. And the world was made through him. You getting it? He was in the world. And the world was made through what? Him. So there is no existence of the world without his existence. The world is in existence because he brought the world into being. But hear this. And the world did not know him. He who created the world and brought the world into flourishing the world did not know him. The world should have recognized him. But they did not know him. There must be something missing here. Is it because the world does not know who the creator is? Or is it because the world chooses not to know him? Sometimes we have become comfortable with the knowledge that we know. And so, at, when we go through some situations, when God wants to reveal something to us, we fail to allow him to reveal it to us. Because he, we can only see God based on how he chooses to see him. But, I preached on this some time back about Martha. Because Martha told Jesus, if you have been here, my brother would have lived. But I know that you are the resurrection. And one day, he will rise up again. But he said, one day, at the end, my brother will rise up again. But how can you identify him to be the resurrection? But you don't see that he had power to resurrect today. And he has power to resurrect whenever he chooses. So he told Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. And when Jesus went to the place where Lazarus had been buried, all he needed to do was to call the thing that was dead to rise. To come out. I don't know what you may have been going through. My brothers and my sisters. But if you can see your life in him. Then all you got to do is to trust. That he has the ability. 
to bring you out of this condition. No matter how bad it may look like, you are coming out of it, not because you need your strength, but because he can. I said because he can. And because he can, he does it the way he chooses to do it. Hallelujah. But check this out here. Verses 12, it says, But as many as received to them, he gave the right to become children of God, as many as what received him, in the in-depth word of this word, this word received, is basically saying, as many that took hold of him, as many as made their life part of his life, they took hold of him. What have you taken hold of? What do we take hold of? He made them to become. When they took hold of him, the identity changed. When I took hold of him, my life changed. When you took hold of him, your life changed. If you can keep taking hold of him, you say that you become the children of God. Those that believe in his name, whom were born not by blood, not by the will of flesh, but not by the will of man, but of who? God. Who, to, who did we take hold of? We took hold of, verses 14 says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and what? Truth. We have taken hold of the one who came in the fullness of grace and of what? Truth. You see, say to your neighbor, if you do have a neighbor, turn around and tell somebody that you need to have somebody to lay on to. Lay hold to. Lay hold to somebody. And I pray that that hold is Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on to Jesus. Hold on to Jesus. The book of Acts chapter 19, verse 13, tells us a very interesting story of the seventh son of the chief priest. And they saw that even the handkerchief or the apron of Paul was causing the sick to be healed. So they saw that. And they started to go ahead to also cast out demons. Seven men. But because they did not have a first-hand experience, the Bible says that they went to do that and the one man that was filled with the evil spirit said, Paul, I know. But did not just leave there. He also know Jesus. But you, who are you? Paul, I know. Means that Paul carries a spirit that the other spirit of darkness recognized 
that this spirit is a spirit of light. But you see, he had to also confess. Paul, I know. And Jesus, I know. But you, who are you? What have you been holding on to? Have you just been holding on to your father's dreams? Have you just been holding on to that life, the story of your past? Ah, uh, because you, I don't know. And the Bible says that the evil man, the man, the spirit in that evil man, started to beat them up. Just one man beat up seven men. Who have you hold on to? Who have you hold on to, my brothers and my sisters? Hear me. For us to understand what it means to be created to praise. We also understand one who is our creator. We need to, to examine ourselves. One of the things that we fail to do most of the time as children of God. And living out our praise. Say to somebody it is necessary. Examine ourselves. Who is your creator? What is God to you? Is he a father? Is he a shepherd? Is he your provider? Is he your guide? What is God to you? That is an answer that only you can answer it if you understand how you praise him. Two, you yourself examine yourself. Does your, faith, does your praise lie only into when things are going well? Or is there a different reason why you can praise God? What causes you to praise? What is that praise life looks like? Go to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14 verses 8. Apostle Paul said, if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the what? The Lord. Therefore, whether we live, whether we live or we die, we belong to who? The Lord. So every facet of my life, everything that I do has to belong to what? Him. Can I bring him into practice to you? The way you live at home has to belong to the Lord. The way you deal with your friends and your loved ones and your neighbors has to what? Belong to the Lord. The way you handle your children has to belong to what? The Lord. The way you handle your boss at work has to be what? Belong to what? The Lord. The way you handle your husband and your wife has to belong to the Lord. Maybe I'm not saying what I want to say here, but let me say it there. Can I go there with you a little bit? Because if you are doing it to praise God, then at the end of the day, it brings glory to God. But when you are treating your wife with negativity, when you are treating your boss with negativity, and you are finding ways to plot that person to, be, to see distraction, you are saying, this is what belongs to the Lord. But in everything that you do, 
Do it out of love. Do it out of the Lord. Do it out to praise God. That in the midst of everything, you, your life shall be a life that shall demonstrate that it belongs to. In the church, your service has to belong to the Lord. A lot of times we think that we are serving the pastor. We think we are here because of the pastor. The last time I checked, the pastor is holding on to the breath of God. A time will come, he ain't going to be here no longer. I hate to just quench your excitement. But that is the truth. So if you have anything to hold on to, it has to be the Lord. If you are going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. And I said, living out your praise. Psalm 34, verses 1 going. He says, I will praise the Lord at all times. Not just sometimes, but all times. I will constantly speak his praises. And I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come. Let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He, flee, he freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their face. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my trouble. For the angel of the Lord is a God. He surrounds that the Lord is good. All the joys of those who take refuge in him. You see, it is in our devotion to our creator that his praise is declared in season and out of season. I repeat, it is based on our devotion to our God it's when his praise is declared in season and out of season. The psalmist says, I will praise the Lord at all times. It doesn't matter what season I'm in. But every season, I praise. Because I am devoted in him. And because my devotion is in the Lord, I know that he's worthy of every praise. You see, you praise what you know has won the victory. And the last time I checked, Jesus has already won the victory. It is not like he's now trying to figure out how to win the victory. But he has already won the victory. So my devotion in my praise, sometimes people try to advise me about things. Hmm? It's good. But then, when the advice becomes, you know, you don't want this person to start to give you a hard time, so do it this way, say it this way. And I respond back. Am I afraid of somebody? I don't live for myself. 
What can man do against me? I live for the moment. A time will come that this breath will be taken away. And I will stand before my God. And I will have to pay account. Nobody will be there to justify. Nobody will be there to say, I allowed him to say that. It will be me and my God. So as I live, I have to live for him. How much are you devoted for your God? Are you only devoted because of what you want to get out of him? Or are you devoted because you know he is your creator? He is your way maker. He is your Lord. If he is your Lord, then my brothers and sisters, know that you are a servant of the Lord. Serve him wholeheartedly. Two, it is in our obedience to God that our praise yields its fruit. It is in our obedience to God. The apostle says in the book of Acts chapter 4 verses 13 and 14, they say it is better for us to obey God than man. It's better. Two, three, it is in your love for your creator that the testimony of your praise stands. If you love him and you surely love him, then you see the testimony of your praise. Because he will never leave his loved ones alone. We have a testimony. And our testimony is hidden in our ability of our desire to love him. The more I love the Lord, the more I am committed to him, the more I make him my life, the more I see the glory of God. The more I make him my life, the more I see that he is my God. Is your love on the surface or how deep is your love for him? Do you truly love him? Do you love him? Look at what he did for us. He died for us. He sent his only son. There are many scriptures here that I want us to read, but I'm not going to do that for the sake of time. But he went to the extent to give you the only begotten son. Because he had made it a commitment that his love for you is not a love of the surface, but a love. So when we say the marriage vows, we say, for death, do us. Only thing that can separate you and I should be when we die. But then when we die on this earth, we join with him in the heavens. There is a better place for us. There is a better place for us. My sons, my daughters, my brothers, my sisters, my fathers and my mothers. There is a better place for us. It is in the depth of our belief in God is what would determine the magnitude of our praise. If we believe in God only when everything is going well, 
then our praise will only depend on when things are well. But if we believe in God for who he is, then our praise will be all the days of our lives. Today, as we end this word, may you come to understand that our life and our ability to praise God is when we are alive. Whilst we are alive, this is our charge. That our life will praise him. So examine yourself, my brothers and sisters. And ask yourself, how is my life praising God? The psalmist says, I will boast in the Lord. Are you able to boast in God? Boasting is about your knowledge of him. There are many people here. But everyone can boast about their pastor only based on their relationship with him. Don't boast about the man. Boast about his God. May the Lord keep us. May the Lord help us. And recognize that we are created to praise. Let's rise on our feet.